What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Stand Up Guys podcast, episode 178. I am your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by the ninth wonder, Chocolate Thunder, doing the deed and spreading that seed, the rootin' tootin', skeet shootin', filling up pies with a might of 50 guys I ain't telling no lies, the phenomenal AJ Singh. All lies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, AJ, I don't know about you. It was kind of a slow week for me. You do anything this week? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you watch anything? Uh, not really. No, I don't think I did watch anything this week. Just a bunch of YouTube stuff, you know? YouTube. The only thing I watched this week was the newest episode of that Death and Other Details show on Hulu. Okay. Uh, murder mystery show which i gotta say i'm still uh really enjoying that show so uh you know nice. i i would encourage people to watch it if you're if you're into the murder mystery genre uh but really the reason i haven't been um watching much is as i told you i started playing god of war uh, ragnarok finally yeah. after yeah. all these years i got around to it and i gotta say aj you were right on the money it's it's a great game yeah um, I'm, I'm really having a fun time with it um just like the the scope of those games is always impressive, you know. Um, Very well yeah. written. Yeah, that too. And how they weave in the myth- mythology is really cool. Yeah. I will say, like, um, my only criticisms of the game, I think my main one, and this annoyed me in the first, or I guess the 2018 uh, version of God of War, is I don't like how they handle, like, all the, like, armor and upgrades and stuff. It it just annoys me that you're constantly getting like this set of armor and then this set of armor and then this set of armor and they have all these different stats. Like for me, just give me like one set of armor and let me upgrade that. And yeah. like maybe I find stuff in the world that lets me change the appearance of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I find things in the world that lets me apply like special powers to it. Yeah. But as far but just give me the one set. I don't need a million different I, I call it like the the mittens of McGarnagle, like <laughs> type of thing. Where like I don't need all these like separate things. Like just give me one set, I'll upgrade it, and then like like I said, maybe I'll find maybe you find like these uh, scrolls in the world that you can take to uh, Brock and Sindri, the characters, to upgrade your stuff, and they can yeah, be like, right. oh, you want to apply this so it looks like this. Like that to me would be kind of cool, but like. The way they do it, I, I feel like I'm just like spending more time in the menus than I want to, and it's all kind of convoluted. It's like, okay, do I put all these upgrades into a level two armor just to later on get a level three armor, and like right. maybe a, like the special like power of the level two armor better than the level four armor? You know what I mean? And it'd just yeah. be good to be able to uh, match the you know not have to always be doing that in and out of different sets of armor. It just, it, it kind of annoys me. And I, I don't know what, why people like it. It's, it's in so many games like yeah. that, that I'm just like, why, why do people like this better than what they could be doing? You know what I mean? I do. Uh, I, I also had one issue with all those games. Like uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really bad at like the timing of the buttons. Like, you know, press a this time, press or press X this time, press Y this time, do this like in this order. Cause like, for me, inevitably, I'm going to have to repeat those things. Like, I'm never going to get them right on the first try. So I have to, you know, do the same move against the, I have to get the boss down to a certain level, get him in position again, and then, like, have to try those moves again. So, you know, that was kind of, like, irritating to me. But I get why it's not a big deal. I will say, oddly enough, so, like, um, in the first game, you know, you start off with the Leviathan, Leviathan Axe, and that's, mm-hmm. like, your main weapon. 
And then yeah. I guess this is a slight spoiler for the 2018 game, but like anyone who wanted to play that game has played it by now. But like during the midpoint of that game, you end up getting the Blades of Chaos back that, you know, Kratos is known for from the original games. And like, I like that because in the first game, I don't know what it was, but I could not get used to like fighting with the axe because like sometimes you would like throw it and then you'd like forget to call it back. And it just got yeah. like confusing, you know? Yeah. And like it, it almost felt like that thing where like you know you try to like rub your stomach and pat your head at the same time, and it, right. it was really I found it really difficult. So in the first game, once I got to Blade of Chaos, I just used them exclusively for fighting. And in mm. this game, I don't know why, but like I, I'm tending towards the axe more. Like it just I don't know I got used to it or something, and so I've been using it more than the Blade of Chaos. Yeah, from the gameplay that I've seen online, most people choose the axe. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you can use it anyway for like all the like other stuff, like getting past like the puzzle, you know, like the world and stuff. You have to hit something and do something else with the axe. So I think people just get used to using it anyway. But I, um, I think that is part of it because yeah, in between the fighting, you're always like either doing puzzles or you need to throw the axe at something. So it's always in your hand. So you yeah. got to do that extra button push to switch to the blade, the chaos. And so I think it is just kind of a thing. Well, like, oh, I already have the axe. I, I'll just start using it, you know? Right. And then the only other thing is, and I get why this is. So I'm playing on, on PlayStation 5, but this game was a cross release on both PS4 and PS5. So mm. just like in the first game, anytime you travel between realms, it does that thing where it has you like walk around the tree, the Yggdrasil tree or whatever, you know, until the thing opens. And I know that's just like, you know, basically a loading screen. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, if, if if this game was made natively natively on PS5, you wouldn't need that. You could just walk right. directly between. Yeah, yeah. So there, there, you know, there's a lot of that. Probably you'll see the difference in the uh, the next game. Like the, you're playing the first one, right? The 2018. So I well, now I, now I'm playing Ragnarok. Oh, you're playing. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's that's uh that was made for PS4 mostly, like. Well, it, it was a cross-gen game, so it, it released on PS4 and PS5. I'm playing the PS5 version, but because it was a cross-gen game, it still has those loading times. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Next one will be perfect for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eventually, man. I would say by the next console generation, yeah, loading screens will be basically nothing, you know. they For games natively made on PS5, they pretty much already are, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I get so upset with loading screens, even like, I play Nintendo Switch a lot these days, you know, with the nephews and stuff. And uh, just like, there's like five second loading screens. I'm just like, oh, God, get it over with. <laughs> yeah, when you play an older game that has those, it does seem like pulling teeth now. Or you're just yeah. like, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. How long that. to pull the picture on America Online? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. That's one thing. Kids today will never understand, like, how terrible the internet used to be and how terrible game loadings used to be we were the guinea pig like we had to we would they tested it on us they were like let's see how long this person will wait for this jpeg to load you know it just <laughs> it's funny that that's our hard luck story though yeah it's <laughs> just like yeah. the internet was so hard to use although like walk across like the country and shit <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what uh, this generation's hard luck story will be it'll be something even even weaker than that yeah, probably. Be like, we actually, had, we actually had to work a job before the robots did everything for us. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm. I think I'm about eleven hours in uh, to God of War uh, so far. Um, 
I don't know how long the game is because I noticed like it says I'm about 25% done. Does that mean the game's like 40 hours long? <laughs> like 40 to 60 hours, something like that. Holy cow. I didn't know that was that long. That might be a bit too long, but uh, so mm-hmm. far I'm, I'm very much uh, enjoying it. I mean, I watched just the gameplay alone or not the gameplay, the storyline alone. I think that was 15 hours. No, maybe it was seven. I think somebody cut it down to like seven and a half. So, I mean, just, like condensed storyline is uh you know about a fifth of the game more or less okay of course i i am trying to do as i go along like the side missions and stuff too oh, yeah, yeah. one thing this has a what they call a, a metroidvania type thing too where like you'll see like certain puzzles and stuff and they'll be like oh we don't have what it takes to do that now and you'll just have to like put it in your, in your brain like oh once i unlock that power later on i'll have to go back but some mm. of those i'm like i it, I'm like, I'm going to forget by the time <laughs> I actually get the power. Yeah. To, <laughs> I'm like, some of those I'm like, okay, I think you could uh, give me that power so I can go back now. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how they space those out. Um, so that's uh, my gaming this week. Okay, I did want to talk about a particular story. Um, and I don't have a ton of details, but so you know, I uh, um, I still keep up with wrestling. Yeah. Um, I It's... I mean, I, I loved wrestling when I was a kid. It's it's not great these days, but something inside me I just compels me still to, to keep up with it. WWE. Yeah. And so it was announced. Uh, I, I found this surprising that starting next uh, January, so a year from now, uh, mm. Monday Night Raw is actually going to start airing on Netflix. Netflix bought the, oh. the rights. Right. So the thing that, make, Oh, go ahead. More popular, right? Like everybody has Netflix. Depending on your licensing or whatever the deal is, but I yeah, mean, it's already popular everywhere. I don't, yeah. I guess I'll have to subscribe to Netflix. It was kind of a bummer, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. They haven't had a ton of. That's why I haven't been subscribed in a while. Is they just ran out of stuff that I was really that interested in. But the, the thing that kind of bums me out is part of the news release said that like in uh you know other countries, not the U.S. but outside the U.S. Like their Netflix will also be streaming like, you know, SmackDown, NXT, I think Mm -hmm. even a lot of like the pay-per-view stuff. But Mm -hmm. like that makes me think that in America, they're going to make us still like subscribe to stuff like either Peacock or some other streaming service for for those. I mean, I guess I could probably get like a, um, um, oh, what do you call it? The thing that changes your IP address to another country. So, yeah. Yeah, VPN. So there, there's probably a way around that, but like that's still an extra step that I don't really want. Uh, but the other thing I was wondering, AJ, did you hear this uh, news story about Vince McMahon that broke this week? No. Okay, this is pretty wild. So, so like about maybe it was a year, year and a half ago, he was already in a scandal because he basically got caught um, having an affair with a woman that worked at the company and uh paying her hush money and i don't even think the crime necessarily was the hush money but the fact that he might have used like um corporate funds to pay her and i'm not even sure how that shook out whether it was settled in a manner or whether he just got away with it or whatever but it was it was weird because at that point he stepped away for a while but then the company ended up selling to um TKO, which also owns the UFC, okay. and um, this man sold the WWE to or a different company. 
Yeah, so it was already like a corporately held entity, but now, yeah. So there was this big sale, and now that it's owned, uh, basically there's this group called TKO Group, and now they own both uh, the UFC and the WWE. Okay. Um, so when that happened, they even though um, Vince was embroiled in this scandal, um, like basically they let him back on in some sort of position. And he, he claimed that he wasn't like doing any of the day to day stuff with the WWE. But mm-hmm. like a lot of people said, like, yeah, he was still influencing things, you know. Um, yeah. But now that same woman um, is is still now suing him for what she calls, um, I think, not only like sexual abuse, but sexual trafficking, because mm-hmm. he basically um encouraged like not only did he have relations with her but he encouraged her to have relations with this other guy in the company that was essentially in a position above her uh, and um you know basically made it sound like she'd be fired if she didn't do that And, and she he also like um encouraged her allegedly to like send like nude photos and stuff to they don't name him, but it sounds like Brock Lesnar, like from oh, the descriptions. Oh yes. God. So this is going to be like, I think oh, a pretty big. Is she like a young, like 30 or something? Is she like yeah, I think older... she. No, no. She's a younger woman. Yeah. Okay. She, she's a younger woman. All right. Um, But also they uncut in this lawsuit, they post some of the text messages that Vince sent her. And all I got to oh. say is you should look them up because they are wild. Um, because he's like, uh, like one of them, he, he tells her like that she should get like, basically like, um, you know, three big black guys should like go at, run a train on her and all this stuff. And like, this guy was saying all his stuff, man, all his innermost kink thoughts. It's, it gets dark. And like, the thing of it is, is most of those, like a lawyer could probably just say, oh, that's all fantasy stuff, you know? But the the one that gets him is there's one what there's a couple I think where he mentions like um, so John Laurinaitis is this other guy in the company that he was basically you know encouraging her to have relations with okay. and um, there's there's text where he's basically setting up those meetings and stuff and so I think those are going to be the smoking gun um, and, oh and by the way on her laying with all, like banging these people like. Why was he so? He became a pimp all of a sudden. Like he was the guy who was in charge of the WWE. He's a multi. He's wasn't he a billionaire at this point? Oh yeah, I, I, he still is. He still is. But it is bizarre because like it's one thing if he was just having an affair with this lady, but why would he then encourage her to have relations with other people in the company? That's just weird to me. The only thing I can think is like it's a power thing. I think it is. Yeah, I I mean, I, I see her. Her lawsuit, I, it makes sense to me. Like it was, he was definitely wielding that over her, and you know, telling her she'd be out of a job if she didn't do. It. Man, that's that's uh, he's gonna have to settle. Well, the, the latest update to this story is he did. Um, I think either just yesterday, maybe the day before, he did resign his position with the company. Okay. So, uh, but I mean, I, I encourage you when we're done to go look up those text messages because, oh, like boy. I said. Ready to cringe. <laughs> they are, they're wild. They're wild. And they do not put him in a flattering light. I mean, I, w- I think he is going to end up paying money uh, oh, big yeah. time. 
I I wholeheartedly think that's the case. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, but man, craziness. I just wonder too, like, if it is found that like, I think they, they said like, there's no evidence that Brock Lesnar had like actual like sexual relations with this woman, but there yeah. was evidence that like, it, it like she sent him the, the nudes and like she called him or he called her a derogatory name for some reason. And oh. like, so I'm just wondering like how many people get caught up in this scandal and like what it does to their careers. Like, because even this, as, is, this how, is some sort of, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, how many people knew about this? And if it's uncovered that they knew about it, like there, I assume there could be, you know, they could lose their job as well. It just sounds like everybody was trying to like use this as a toilet. Like they were just trying to like some sort of dom sub relationship situation. Like it, it's weird. In one of those texts too, he like says that he told like, you know, everybody, like a bunch of other people he works with about her and how, you know, all this like, graphic sexual stuff about and i'm like geez alou oh. like it's crazy it's like yeah vince mcmahon is uh <laughs> he i always you know he i always knew he was like out there like you know yeah you can tell, you can tell. man like I, i'm almost surprised he wasn't on epstein's list to be honest there's still hope that or you know whatever you want to call it that he is you know like it's it's I'm sure a lot of people haven't been found out. Epstein was mysteriously killed or died or committed suicide or whatever the case was. I'm sure some people, you know, are safe from that exposure. Yeah, man. And then recently, like, you know, him and Donald Trump really are cut from the same cloth, Vince and (laughs) and Donald Trump. And Trump was just, uh, you know, last year, I think he was not not criminally because it had like been too long, but he was basically civilly um, convicted of sexual assault to that one woman. And now he's mm-hmm. been ordered to pay her something like $80 million. Now, I think they say that'll probably be appealed. And eventually he'll probably, you know, there'll be a settlement where he probably doesn't have to pay you know, quite that much, right. but it'll still be millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, man. People in power, man. God, men in power. I, I, you don't hear about the women in power. So I don't know. Maybe they're very smart about what they do or the guys just are happy to be a sugar baby in that situation or whatever. But you hear about it from men all the time. Man, I know we don't talk politics like a ton on this show, but what do you th- actually think is the most likely outcome this year? Because I got to say, like, I think so many Democrats have their head in the sand on this yeah. this year because they think they're just convinced that Donald Trump is going to get convicted of all these things. He's going to go to jail. He's not going to. First of all, even if he's convicted, he's going to appeal and it's going to go at least until November, till when the election is. So right. like, he's still going to be on the ballot. And, but like, I watched a segment from overtime with Bill Maher and like, mm-hmm. they had a guy, a politician on there and he's like, Oh, the American people, they're going to, after all these court cases and stuff, they're going to see how bad Donald Trump is and they're not going to vote for him. I'm like, you're so got your, you're either lying or you got your head in the sand so far. If the election were held today, Donald Trump would win hands down by a mile. And like, I don't know. I, I just don't see anything good happening politically this year. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go well at all. Uh, I mean, not for people who want this country to go more in a progressive fashion. Uh, I think we're going back to Trump, man. Like I do, too. I yeah. 
You know, our best case scenario is Biden somehow winning. And if you're progressive, that sucks, too, because he's the most corporate of corporate Democrats. He's as Republican as a Democrat can get. Yeah, basically, it's funny. You you now see um, now that the the Republicans have taken such a right wing turn, Mm -hmm. the Democrats, the corporate Democrats just come off as like old school Republicans. Yeah, yeah. They're maybe a little better on some of the social issues, but they say the right things. Yeah, but economically and taxation wise, they're right in line with them. And I don't, I don't know for sure, but I, I doubt the homeless population decreased under Biden. You know what I mean? Like oh, the right. social, all that stuff. Like, yeah. And he was supposed to do something about uh, student loans, and never did. So that was one of his big things that he ran on, right? So. I think that's going to come back to bite him in the ass, too. Which, even if he did that one thing right, he would have a such better chance of getting reelected now. Yeah. But he couldn't even do that. Right. Uh, but, like, you know, even if, like, let's say, like, some legal thing makes Trump not able to run, or let's say he even passed away or something, right? I right. don't even think in that instance Biden would win. I think the Republicans could run anyone. Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis... Uh, anybody and they would still handily beat biden i don't see biden winning i just don't see it yeah you, you might be right i mean we, we only see them in the context of going against trump that's why we think they have no chance but against biden they could they could possibly maybe have a chance they could beat him i don't know i think they could 100 percent. i i don't i just i don't see biden winning re-election yeah honestly maybe i'm just pessimistic but I think no matter what, nothing, not much changes in the situation because Biden hasn't done anything and Trump will come in and roll back a bunch of things probably. But uh, I mean, that's what will change. You know, he'll, he'll just take us to a more uh, libertarian type, I guess, like hard right wing kind of turn. But Biden wasn't pushing us to the left at all. He wasn't pushing us in a more progressive manner. That's, so that was never no. going to happen. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, what's it going to take for like how badly does the DNC have to lose between? before they would actually, you know, uh, give a more progressive candidate a chance. Because, like, even after this election cycle, like, it's just going to be the, the 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 new guy that's – it's going to be Gavin Newsom, the, another just corporate – Corporate Democrat, yeah. Democrat a-hole that's mm-hmm. terrible. And, yeah, we're just going to be stuck with somebody like him. And it's just like, man, I'm just waiting for the tide to turn, you know? I mean, thing is, these corporate Democrats—they work against the progressives. They're trying to kick them out. You know, they're they're limiting their powers. They're they're uh, silencing them. They they're working with these corporations to like you know get anybody who fights against them or limits tries to limit their power out. You know, so yeah, I mean, they wouldn't. Yeah, they won't even in every state they can. They're trying to like not even let them primary. That's how like terrible they are. I think there's like five like progressives that i know about at all like there's one in seattle and there's four in washington right now like that's pretty much all i know like i don't know any progressives yeah it's and i'm i just it's a political year so there's going to be a bunch of like stupid political rallies where the trump people are going to do you know dumb stuff hopefully not violent stuff but it wouldn't surprise me and it's just gonna i don't know i just i predict this whole year is going to be a mess in that (laughs) in that vein I'm just grateful that so far, like, we haven't had that that rhetoric, that whole thing about, you know, it's an election year and we're left versus right. We're fighting and it's turmoil. Like, maybe it's because I don't have cable anymore. 
I don't know, maybe it's really popping off on there. But, you know, last time I felt like it was like four straight years of that. You know, at least while Trump was in office, it was just four straight years of the next election, the next election, worry about it. Right now, I'm not even like, it's not on my mind. Like, it's not something I think about. It's not something that's being forced down my throat. So I'm at least grateful for that, I guess. I will say one uh, good thing uh, this week is they announced, I wish it was more, but apparently um, uh, one day a week, Jon Stewart is going to host The Daily Show again. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I wish he was doing it like, you know, all, you know four days a week or whatever, but like, yeah. um, I, I miss that guy so much, you know, so. He was so good. He was such a voice of reason. Oh my, he has his own show on Apple TV, I think. I haven't watched it though. Not anymore though. Oh, um, really? Yeah, you know what happened is, um, <laughs> it's so funny. He did a show um, where he was critical of Apple and oh. they either, I don't know if they refused to air it or they aired it and then dropped him but basically it caused him to lose that show which i mean good on him for like he has integrity yeah so uh but yeah i haven't actually watched the daily show in forever like i'm sure like it's probably still a fine show and everything but it just wasn't the same without him like i watched a little bit of the trevor noah stuff but i don't know i just didn't hit the same i don't even think it's fine right now i think trevor noah left too so now it's just helter skelter they've got like different people coming in hosting all the time like yeah, I heard they had, like, guest hosts and stuff. Yeah. I don't think they have anybody consistent. So, I mean, I guess him coming once a week is going to be, like, that, you know, Red Robin of hosts, like, coming in and, like, you know, doing it once a week maybe or something like that. I'm kind of hoping that the episodes he hosts will do so well that it'll encourage him to do more. <laughs> I hope so, too. thing is, like, he got so tired of it last time. Yeah, I hope he finds his love for it. I do. I hope he finds his passion for it again. He's so good. At that. You know, I got to say, like, I know we shouldn't probably encourage celebrities to run for office but he is one guy that if he ran for president i would totally uh back him up because he is progressive he's super smart he knows the issues and he's so personable that i think he would do an actually a great job (laughs) yeah he's so eloquent like the way he speaks like there's you you feel like even if you don't agree with him, you you understand where he's coming from, you know? Like, I always agree with him, but I, I feel like there's always, like, you know, he lays it out in a way where you can't be like, this is political jargon. This guy's actually speaking from, a like, a logical, reasonable, and, like, uh, like a real point of view from, like, helping people. Yeah, I think and, he's, like, you're right. He's good at laying things out to where, like, even people that disagree with him have to go, like, oh, man, he's got a point there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think he, I mean, I don't think... He, he would be interested and I, I totally get it. But like, man, the thing of it is, is he, I think that's really one of the only ways we would ever get a true progressive in office is if it was somebody like him who had just such re- respect of people that like, you know, he would actually win. Like, I think so too. Um, I didn't, I don't know much about Al Franken. Uh, he seemed like an, at least like somewhat well-spoken person though. Uh, it was kind of a shame that he stepped down so quickly. Like, I know he had that scandal, but so many politicians have had way worse scandals. Oh, I know. Yeah, he shouldn't have stepped down for, for that. Yeah. He should have just said, yeah, it was a stupid thing. I I apologize for it. And he should have moved on and, and kept going. Yeah, 
I mean, Jim Jordan literally let pedophilia run rampant. Like he let people assault kids in like what in college. And was there also younger people, like young people? I'm not sure. I don't know the details of that, but yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Yeah, and he's like he's got his chest out, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Forget it. Leave it alone. (laughs) Like, yeah. The Democrats like threw Franken under the bus so quickly. And like, I don't think it's been litigated yet, but that Matt Gates guy, he's, uh, you know, uh, accused oh, of, yeah. you know, uh, being with underage girls or whatever. So it's like, yeah, the Republicans have such worse scandals and they'll, they'll stay in office no matter what, you know. Yeah. They did finally get rid of that, that, that one guy who was just like a pathological liar that made like everything oh, up. Skintos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they got rid of him, honestly. <laughs> he was he was such a golden sellout. Like he would do anything the corporations told him to do. <laughs> like whoever his benefactor was, he would just do whatever. Like literally he did drag himself. He was clearly, you know, uh gay or something. Right. And uh, you know, he was like what anti gay this anti-homosexual anti-drag all this like come on jeez, have a yeah didn't they like find a picture of him in drag and he still like denied yeah. that it was him or all this stuff yeah. oh my gosh man so- you know the other thing i hate about uh now with like you know ai and stuff is like um you know that roger stone guy who's like you know blatant criminal and like uh you know trump suck up yeah like just recently like he was accused of something else and they basically played incriminating like <clears throat> audio of him. And he was like, oh, it's just an AI bot, you know, doing my voice. And like, that's going to be a thing going forward if they can't like yeah. find a way to like authenticate what's AI and what's not with people speaking. Like, you know, video recorded evidence is going to get very tricky going forward, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I hope they have something in, in like in a plan to like stop that or something, but. Uh, yeah, I couldn't like not with my I wouldn't be able to uh, understand how they would be able to figure that out right now. AI kind of sucks. You can still tell what's what, you know, usually they don't get the hands and feet right. Uh, yeah, I think the, the visual feet- stuff like right now people can tell. But if it's just audio, man, some of those audio ones are so good. You can't tell. OK, uh, I haven't heard that yet. So, I mean, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, to the naked ear, you can't tell. There might be ways of analyze analyzing audio with computers and still finding they're gonna figure out how to make it like almost seamless like maybe exactly right you know so yeah yeah, it's coming yeah it's man and just think what it's gonna do for like political like propaganda attack ads yeah because like people will believe anything crazy already yeah they lie about everything and like if they get a chance to to show you the lie it's going to be seared into people's brains, especially the people who already want to believe it. Yeah, it's going to get nuts. Biden eats babies. You know, like, yeah. You know what we should do as an experiment is we should take one of those AI bots and make Biden say, like, things Trump has said that are oh, terrible yeah. and then play that to, like, MAGA people. And then when yeah. they post it and be like, look what Biden said, be like, oh, no, actually, that's what your guy said. Yeah. I, I- mean... There's a version of that. Like, the, it's not the AI version, but there's like people who say, like, oh, Biden said this. Like, they go up to those, those people, the MAGA crowd, and they're like, Biden once said this. And they'll they'll be like, oh, yeah, see, he's terrible. Well, and then they'll, you know, tell them the truth that it was Trump. <laughs> and then you see how they flip. And there's like, well, you know. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it is nuts. Um, so, yeah, 2024, uh, man, I'm not looking forward to it, but we'll, 
just like everybody else, we're on the ride and we'll see where it is. <laughs> yep. We're all sitting in the back seat. Uh, well, AJ, should we do some stories? Let's do it. Okay, I'll start with you. What do you got for us this week? Let's see here. Um, what's my favorite story? Okay, this one's interesting. <laughs> Man undergoes penis enlargement procedure, sues doctor after organ shrinks. <laughs> oh. Ooh. A Turkish man is suing the doctor he paid for a penis enlargement procedure after his sexual organ allegedly shrunk by one centimeter following the botched operation. Boy, I bet that centimeter made all the difference for him. <laughs> I was going to say, it's bad that it went in that direction, but a centimeter is not like terrible. But if he was already trying to get the surgery, that's true. You, he was working with it. Yeah, you need every centimeter you can get. Yeah. Uh, Itter Turkmen, oh, he's definitely Turkish, uh, a <laughs> from Tekirdag, uh, Turkey, is seeking 500,000 lira, which is $16,500, in compensation from Dr. Haluk Solmez, uh, the man who was supposed to help him enlarge his penis in both length and girth, but ultimately caused it to shrink. Turkmen claims that the doctor promised him an extra three centimeters, 1.1 inches, in both length and girth. Uh, but after two botched procedures, he ended up with one less centimeter than he originally had. The banker's lawyers told the judge of the, of the first civil court of first instance uh, that he had to endure excruciating pain that left him unable to walk properly for a month and was left with a shorter, severely scarred sexual organ. According to the documents presented later... Uh, presented leader Turkman's lawyers, uh, he went. He underwent the first penis enlargement procedure at Dr. Soil Soilmez's clinic in January of 2022. Uh, during his recovery, the banker stated experiencing started experiencing bleeding and told the doctor about it. After ex examining his patient, Soilmez scheduled him for a second operation. Only this one left Turkman feeling even worse. He experienced an agonizing pain that made it difficult to walk properly. Even after the pain subsided, his sexual organ remained permanently scarred and shorter than before. Turkman dreamed of adding three centimeters to his 12-centimeter penis, but is now lamenting the fact that, that Holmix Soilmez's procedures left him with a 11-centimeter organ. What's 12 centimeters? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think every centimeter counted with this guy. <laughs> but is now lamenting the fact that Haluk Solmez's procedure left him with an 11 centimeter organ. Okay. Uh, Dr. Solmez disputes this claim, insisting that the banker's penis was 11 centimeters long to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Due to the patient's anatomical structure, enlargement of the sexual organ failed, but insists that he did nothing wrong. So he's blaming the patient's body for this. Uh, there's no fault in the procedure I performed. Uh, adding that he never made any commitments about the length or girth of the patient's penis following the pre procedure and accused him of seeking unjust material compensation. Why do the procedure if you're not going to make it bigger? Like, was it just for fun in that case? He really uh, needed like a before and after picture to prove he <laughs> lost that centimeter. The bizarre trial is still ongoing and neither party has replied to the request of local press for comment on the matter. Uh, this is Turkey's second viral medical case in a span of a month after uh, that of a man who had his front teeth extracted by a dental clinic uh, or cleaner posing as a dentist. All right, so don't get these things done in Turkey. <laughs> oh you know what's God. weird, though, is apparently Turkey has become somewhat of a hot spot for, like, um, uh, cosmetic procedures. I know for a fact that, like, one of, like, the best, like, hair transplant places in the world is in oh. Turkey. Like, people go there specifically to get hair transplants because um, apparently, like, they do a really good job. Uh, but mm -hmm. apparently this guy, this clinic still needs work on the old penis lengthening. Yeah, the old reverse uh, enlargement is what he got. 
I, I imagine Turkey's probably cheaper than other countries. Like, I would think so. That's probably why people go there. Yeah. Because like, a lot of people go here to Mexico, too, for, like, procedures. Just for the price. Man. Though it's probably not as, a, you know, reliable, I imagine. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to go to Mexico for a procedure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know how effective it is, but I know some people get... It's, it's not like... Uh, penis lengthening apparently it doesn't even involve surgery but basically they just take like fat from another part of your body uh, body and like inject it like around your penis to make it like i don't know like it's like filler basically for your penis to make it like plumper i guess give you a girthier penis i guess but Mm. apparently there's people that do that i don't again i don't know if it's effective or if it messes you up at all but it's something people are trying um Okay, AJ, I found this article um, a little amusing. So this is an article about 10 of the most poorly named products in history. Hmm. Uh, Number 10, touch dick. (laughs) In 2005, South Korean software developer Daiwan Media launched a Korean English dictionary on the then new Nintendo DS. For some reason... um, or for some reason, due to the console's groundbreaking touch control, they named their educational game Touch Dick. Uh, why are you laughing? Dick is short for dictionary. Although the game was never released outside of South Korea, Daiwan named its subsequent versions Touch Dictionary. Uh, perhaps they should have uh, played their own game for a bit before naming it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like if they called it Touch Dick, it would have sold more copies. That's true. Somebody would want to show that to their friends. Just for the, the laugh of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine, the Ford Pinto. There are more languages in the world than English, and poor product name choices can happen in them as well. Take, for example, the Ford Pinto automobile. The name's pretty inoffensive. Uh, the car's named after a horse, right? Mm. Yet Ford's executive wondered why it wasn't selling in Brazil. Uh, then they found out that in Brazilian Portuguese... Uh, Pinto is slang for a small male genitals. Oh. <laughs> Considering many men's attitudes towards their cars, it was no wonder they weren't thrilled about driving around in this thing. Yeah. You're supposed to have a big truck for small penises. <laughs> uh, number eight, monkey gland sauce. Uh, now, monkey gland sauce. Saw- Gland sauce? Uh, monkey gland sauce. Gland. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, monkey gland sauce isn't a brand name per se. It's just a generic and pretty disgusting name for a sauce from South Africa. The thing yeah. is, it doesn't contain any monkey glands. The stuff is made with tomato sauce, a Worcestershire sauce, vinegar, garlic, and some other ingredients. So why is it called that? Nobody knows. But one theory suggests it comes from a disgruntled French chefs who were outraged by local South Africans' preference uh, for dousing everything they eat with condiments. I mean, that sounds like it has a, like a, a racist um, origin. Like the yeah. French are like, look at these monkeys with this sauce. Yeah, yeah. First of all, how do you not like sauce? Sauce is delicious. I really love sauce. Well, I guess it depends on the sauce. But Did he uh, make the sauce? Or did he just name it? Well, apparently, like, this was something they were using in South Africa. It's this sauce made. It's uh, tomato sauce, Worcestershire sauce, vinegar, vinegar, garlic, and other ingredients. And, like, apparently some French chefs down there didn't like it. And so they, I think, nicknamed it monkey gland sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does sound racist as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next one sounds pretty racist as well. Let's see. Uh, Jew's ear juice. Oh, Jews here, Jews. <laughs> in 2009, oh. the Zizing China Industry Company released a new soft drink in China's market. 
they called it Jew's Ear Juice. The name quickly and perhaps unsurprisingly started making an international buzz on the internet. But the thing is, the manufacturer didn't mean anything anti-Semitic with the name. Jew's Ear is simply one of the many names of the mushroom, oh boy, Oricularia auricula judae, and the Chinese company just picked it out of a dictionary. Uh, following the controversy, however, they've renamed the drink uh, <laughs> to Black Fungus Juice. Oh, after, better. <laughs> after another of the mushroom's names. Um, so, yeah, that sounds bad, too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> They're just going to keep <laughs> keep renaming it offensive names going forward. Uh, okay, this next one is actually one that I've heard of and actually have seen before. NADS. NADS is an Australia brand of hair removal products, one of the biggest in the world, in fact. That uh, That's despite the fact that in America's slang, the brand name translates to testicles. The stuff wasn't meant for waxing balls, though. NADS was founded in 1992 by Australian businesswoman Sue Ismail after her daughter wanted a less painful method to wax her armpits. It seems that NADS is aware of the double entendre in the name. After all, one of their products is called NADS Down Under for men. Um, I, I don't know if... I've definitely seen this. I don't know if like my mom or sister bought it or if I just saw it in a store, but I have definitely seen this before. I used to see them. I haven't seen them lately. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't seen them in a long time, but definitely as a kid, I remember seeing it. Uh, next one, um, the IKEA Fartful. Um, IKEA likes to name its Swedish heritage uh, or likes to lean into its Swedish heritage, naming its fiberboard furniture with unpronounceable Swedish words. That doesn't always work out too well, as the fartful workbench showed. Now, in Swedish, fart means speed. Fartful then translates to speedy or quick. Be that as it may, English-speaking customers had a good chuckle with the name. Unsurprisingly, the workbench is no longer available. Uh, Come on, no- the Swedes had to have known. You're telling me they didn't know what that word meant? You would think somebody on their team would be familiar with American yeah. English. Oh, actually, like most of them, like speak English as a second language already. So you would think they would know. Uh, the next one, I could see how this one, this company, kind of got screwed over. AIDS chocolate. Oh boy! <laughs> Today, nobody in the right mind uh, would name the product AIDS. But the thing is, the horrible disease was unknown when AIDS chocolate launched in the 1930s, uh, reaching a market-leading position by the 1970s. And then came the 80s and the AIDS epidemic. As if the chocolate's name wasn't bad enough, it was marketed as a diet product intended to help people lose weight. (laughs) Considering uncontrollable weight loss is one of AIDS symptoms, that didn't make things any better. The chocolate manufacturer tried rebranding, but the damage was done, and AIDS chocolate died in the early 90s. Jeez, they were a market leader, and they died like 20 years later? Yeah, apparently in the 70s, they were doing very well. They were a market leader, and then, yeah. Jeez. I wonder, wonder though, if they just, like, renamed to something we would recognize today. They don't say that, but, yeah, that's rough. Your name's AIDS, and then AIDS comes along. Yeah. (laughs) I gotta say, like... I would have been very old when they stopped making it, but I certainly don't ever remember seeing an AIDS chocolate bar. Yeah, no, I never heard of that. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one, uh, Rexona Girl Hello Kitty Pussy Wind. Oh. <laughs> Rexona Girl is the deodorant manufacturer's brand aimed at tween girls. 
As such, the word, the word pussy has no business being on the bottles. Yet the Rexona marketing department had an unfortunate lapse in judgment when naming this limited edition Hello Kitty cross-branded deodorant. They were going for pussycat, uh, but we guess nobody at the branding meeting stopped to think for even a second. You know, we can't decide if being associated with Hello Kitty makes the name better or worse. My thing is, I like I think Hello Kitty is like a Japanese like type thing, right? Yeah. But again, yeah. just like with like the Swedish thing, you would think they would have some sort of knowledge that yeah. you know, pussy has a certain connotation in in English in the states at least, you know. Sure, yeah. Um, number two, anal tech. Um, yeah. <laughs> what kinds of products? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what kind of products would you think anal tech man, uh, manufactures? Did you guess uh, plates and accessories for thin layer chromatography? No, you probably didn't. The company founded in 1961 produces equipment for chemical analysis, and that's where the name comes from. Anal tech stands for analytical technologies. Oh. <laughs> the thing Did is. Um, not much. Only a couple well, episodes. Guy in there was like oblivious to like the the sexual things he says. He keeps saying sexual innuendos, <laughs> and uh, he, he called he was a, a he was an analyst and a therapist, and uh, he called himself an anal rapist on his <laughs> side. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, the thing is, these guys are from Delaware, so we can assume they speak fluent English. Therefore, we can only conclude they knew exactly what they were naming their company. Here's a fun fact. Although Analtech has since rebranded to Miles Scientific, their website still proudly shows off the previous company's names as well. Okay. Be proud. And then this is number one on their list, uh, the the worst uh, named item. Um, the Trek Store, I Beat Blacks. What? <laughs> so... <laughs> it's like a, a mp3 player so it's i and then beat like you know feel the beat of the music and then oh. and then blacks is spelled b-l-a-x-x but i beat blacks is the whole name oh, i get where they were <laughs> trying to go with that but boy wow how do you not see it <laughs> so it says remember when mp3 players were a thing in the 2000s one company manufacturing these once ubiqu ubiquitous gadgets was german trek store in 2007, they released a brand new model housed in a shiny piano black case. To market the new device, the company wanted a cool and hip name for it, so they called it the iBeat Blacks. Needless to say, the name proved just a bit controversial. Once the company figured out their gaffe, they scrambled to drop uh, the iBeat part out of the name and rebranded <laughs> it simply to Trek Store Blacks. It's <laughs> a little better, I guess. <laughs> I gotta say, like, I want to be a fly on the wall in these marketing departments that can, like, come up with a name like that and not realize it. I would love to be the common sense guy that they have just to, like, you know, pass things by, you know, like, you can pay me whatever you want. I can do that job pretty <laughs> easy. I can, I can turn down I Beat Blacks pretty quickly. <laughs> that one out. I gotta say that is a funny one. I, the fact that that made it to market is just amazing. Uh, it had to be a German company too. Just it's a bad look. It's a bad. We look. should go on eBay and see if we can find one. <laughs> <laughs> I beat blacks. Oh my god. Um, AJ, I'll send it back to you. All right, let's see what we got here. We got some interesting ones, but uh, there was one that stuck out to me the most. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, China's trying to put life on extra hard mode 
Chinese lab creates mutant coronavirus-like virus with 100% death rate in humanized mice. Chinese researchers have sparked controversy in the scientific community after publishing a study on a mutant coronavirus-related virus that reportedly caused a 100% death rate in infected humanized mice. The the origin of the COVID-19 virus is still unknown, but conspiracy theories surrounding an out-of-control Chinese lab experiment are once again gaining traction online thanks to a controversial study recently published by Chinese scientists in Beijing. They apparently experimented with a mutated strain of GXPV-P2V, a coronavirus cousin discovered in Malaysian pangolins in 2017, three years before the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, using it to infect genetically modified mice engineered to reflect similar genetic makeup to people. The controversial study is the first of its kind to report a 100% mortality rate in mice infected by GXP2V, uh, for surpassing the, uh, far surpassing the findings from, of previous research. The study authors noted that all the humanized mice infected with GXP2V died within eight days, a surprisingly rapid death rate. As the virus started weakening its host, the mice began losing weight, moving visibly slower, and displaying a hunched posture. GXP2V infected the lungs, bones, eyes, tracheas, and brains of the mice, and reportedly caused their eyes to become completely white the day before they died. This underscores a spillover risk of GXP2V in humans and provides a unique model for understanding the pathogen mechanisms of SARS-CoV-2-related viruses, the authors noted. Uh, The terrifying findings outraged Western scientists and virologists, uh, many of whom labeled it as terrible and useless as it it provides no real insight into how the GXP2V virus might affect humans. I can see nothing from a vague interest that could be learned from force infecting a weird breed of humanized mice with a random virus. Conversely, I could see how such stuff might go wrong. Francois Ballot of Epidemiology at the University of University College London's Genetics Institute wrote on X. The preprint does not specify the biosafety level and biosafety precautions used for the research, uh, Ballot continued. The absence of this information raises the concerning possibility that part of all of this research, part or all of this research, uh, like the research in Wuhan in 2016 to 2019 that likely caused the COVID-19 pandemic, recklessly was performed without the minimal biosafety containment and practices essential for research with potential pandemic pathogens. Oh my God, say that. Uh, Richard H. Ebright, professor of chemistry and chemical biology at Rutgers University, concurred with Ballow, while Gennady Glinsky, a retired professor of medicine at Stanford, wrote, this madness must be stopped before it's too late. So, uh... Fingers crossed there's not another variant out there that could kill us all. <laughs> Man, I got to say, like, I, I feel like we handled the pandemic, like, in some respects so poorly that if, if one comes along that really does have a super high death rate, that we might be screwed. I don't know. Oh, sure. I, all humans will die. The only thing about this one is it kills you in eight days. So if you live in, like, an isolated part of the world where, you know, you might not have a lot of people coming in and out, you might survive that. But anybody, yeah, in large population areas with lots of visitors, a lot of travelers, yeah, no, done. A part of me wonders if I should move back to Montana just to... <laughs> yeah, actually, that's yeah, true. <laughs> just to have a chance. <laughs> but some trucker will come in there, I'm sure, you know. Probably, you probably. <laughs> uh, Man, I don't know why they did this. I At this point, I think China's just wiping everybody. They're just trying to get everybody at this point. They're like, let's start over. Well, you know, it is scary because, like, intelligence agencies have, like, you know, played around with making viruses that 
can attack people based on like their genetic makeup. And so like China or, you know, any country could conceivably make a bio weapon that would basically kill everyone who's not Chinese or, you know, their origin, you know. And so it is scary to think about, you know, somebody unleashing a virus like that. Yeah, it only takes one person, right? Like, unless you have like immense safety procedures in place where like nobody can get access without other people knowing and stuff like that. Yeah. But COVID got out. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only bright side to the pandemic, maybe, is it did force them to um, look into that like RNA, like uh, vaccine technology. And so if it does happen again, they should be able to get vaccines um, more quickly. Okay. Um, so that maybe was one silver lining to the pandemic. Uh, but boy, I have no confidence that like if if a pandemic is ever let loose, it does have a high death rate. Like, uh, boy, I think we're in a, a bad way. Oh, for sure. I mean, half the population is going to buck that and be like, freedom. You know? <laughs> like that's Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird that that so quickly became a political issue, but it did. Yeah. That's that's like Spanish flu being a political issue. It's like, yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Smallpox, a political, like, this is a disease. It doesn't give a shit about your politics, man. Right. Go kill your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see what time we got. Okay, I got one more story before we wrap things up. Um, so AJ, this is eight animals that regularly get drunk or high. Ooh, I'm one of them. I used to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one, uh, American Robins. Um, oh, and it says, and other berry eating birds. Um, fall is a fantastic time to be a Robin or any other type of berry eating bird. Trees and bushes are full of berries on which the birds can gorge themselves. But as they fall, days progress. Uh, some of the berry, uh, as the fall days progress, some of the berries begin to rot and ferment, naturally developing a mild alcohol content. Birds don't have much of a sense of taste, so they don't care if the berries uh, best before date has flown by. But they do feel the alcohol. It's not unusual to see completely smashed birds staggering about around berry trees in the fall. It's even more funny when they try to take flight while hammered. You don't have to worry about the birds, though. They'll sleep it off and be fine in the morning. Um, you know, I always wondered, like, like, cause you know, a lot of times birds will like fly into like windows and stuff. And I think that's mostly because like their vision, like it does something yeah. where they can't see them. But now that yeah. I know this, it's like, maybe there are some like drunk, drunken flying birds out there that are just like knocking into stuff. Cause they can't fly straight. It's the one that keeps running into the window that you gotta, you gotta <laughs> right. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Man, my parents house back home in Montana, they get a lot of birds that hit their windows. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet, I bet skyscrapers get those a lot. Yeah, I would think so. That'd be God, funny if you <laughs> single skyscraper. Are we wiping them out? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if you had like an office job in a skyscraper and like birds just like keep running into your window. <laughs> uh, let's see, number two, fruit bats. I think this is going to be mostly like just animals that eat fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, fruits can go off and turn alcoholic, just like berries. And just like the birds, uh, fruit bats consuming the fermented fruit will also imbibe uh, any alcohol within. There's one crucial distinction between the leathery and feathery creatures, though. Whereas birds get helplessly drunk, fruit bats can hold their liquor. One study Ooh. from 2010 found South African fruit bats with blood alcohol content as high as 0.3% flying around with, without much trouble. 
For reference, uh, blood alcohol content of only 0.08% will get you pulled over for driving drunk. Curiously, though, it seems to be only American fruit bats that have a high alcohol tolerance. Similar, oh, yeah. <laughs> similar bats from Egypt, for instance, have been found to get drunk and fly into things after eating fermented fruit. That is odd. That, I mean, I I wonder if maybe the ones in America are just exposed to more rotten fruit, so they get to build up more of a tolerance. That makes sense. But why would the fruit here be more rotten than over there? I mean, like, doesn't it all go bad at the same time? Maybe would, it doesn't. You would think so. Yeah, that is odd. Huh. Uh, number three, wallabies. The island of Tasmania in, in Australia is the world's largest legal grower of opium poppy. Natural opium is used in medicine, and someone needs to grow the plants after all. But when food is scarce, Tasmania's wallabies wander into the poppy fields to eat the flowers. And these kangaroo-like creatures are not immune to opium. Wallabies have been spotted hopping around poppy fields in circles while being high out of their minds. Eventually, animals crash and fall asleep right there in the field. (laughs) What's weird is that wallabies aren't the only animals that start walking around the circles after ingesting opium. Sheep that got into the poppy fields do the same. Huh. Makes you walk in circles, apparently. I guess everybody loves opium. <laughs> uh, number four, tree shrews. The pentailed tree shrew is a small mammal that lives in the jungles of Southeast Asia. And every night, these uh, little critters go out for beer. One of their primary food sources is the fermented nectar of the Bertram palm. The nectar can have an alcohol content as high as around 4%, roughly equal to your usual light beer. The tree shrews aren't satisfied with just one drink either. Um, when adjusted for body weight, the amount they consume each night is about equivalent to a person drinking 10 glasses of wine. Mm. Yet somehow the tree shrews don't get drunk. Their ability to metabolize alcohol is so strong, it baffles researchers. That is odd. Imagine if you could drink 10 glasses of wine and not get drunk. Like, like uh, was that Captain America? Right, right. <laughs> that sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> That is odd because, yeah, like comparatively, that is a ton of alcohol they're drinking and they're not yeah. getting, they can metabolize it that way. That's actually pretty interesting. I mean, I bet it, like, you know, humans, we used to drink alcohol a lot because the water was so unsafe to drink. So actually, alcohol helped us survive in like times where we didn't have clean water. I imagine <laughs> this might be similar for them. Maybe. Yeah, you never know. Man. That is like a bad thing. Like <laughs> the water's like so bad that drinking like old alcohol is like uh, better. Mm. Um, number five, dolphins. You know I just gotta interrupt. Oh, go ahead. In, in France, the they had like sewage water in their <laughs> water. It was like yeah, that stuff, and uh, they would cook with it and everything. And like they finally switched to like clean water or cleaner water. I don't know. And the people complained so much because it didn't taste the same. The food didn't taste the same, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> we want that doo-doo water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, number five, dolphins. Dolphins are usually depicted as playful, friendly sea creatures, even though they're everything but. The uh, marine mammals love to um, sexually assault and murder, and they oh, also yeah. do drugs. Their favorite intoxicant is pufferfish poison. Groups oh, of yeah. dolphins have been seen nosing and scraping pufferfish with their teeth to get high off their poisonous secretion. Not only that, they pass the poor pufferfish around like a group of college students smoking a joint. Yet, just as human drug users, uh, junkie dolphins uh, play a lethal game. 
A puffer fish produces more than enough toxins to kill a dolphin, and going too hard at it may prove fatal to the dolphin. This is actually one that I've heard of before. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. It's a very weird, but yeah, the the old puffer fish. Uh, Number six, reindeer. Everybody knows reindeer pull Santa's sleigh around the world, but outside of Christmas time, Rudolph likes to chow down on some magic mushrooms. Reindeer in Siberia often eat Amanita muscaria, that is uh, fly agaric. They probably don't do it on purpose, but reindeer that happen to consume enough of the toxic shrooms will begin to hallucinate. Native Siberian shamans noticed this and also began to consume fly agaric during their rituals. That or they drink the reindeer's urine since their digestive system filters out the poison and leaves only the good stuff in the pee. Uh, what a harmonic hallucinogenic coexistence between man and beast. Now, AJ, you've thought about doing mushrooms. Have you thought about going to Siberia and drinking reindeer piss? It's a new idea. Uh, <laughs> take some thought and consideration, <laughs> but I'm leaning towards maybe. <laughs> uh, number seven, bees. Worker bees consume nectar and transfer it back to the nest for honey production. And as we learned from the tree shrews, fermented nectar can be alcoholic, which may lead to the bees getting drunk. Beekeepers and researchers have seen bees get so wasted they can't find their way back to the nest and have to wait until they sober up. If they manage to stagger their way home, though, they're in for a bad time. You see, bee society doesn't approve of public drunkenness. Depending on the hive, worker bees that show up drunk can get punished or even killed. Nicotine, however, is perfectly okay among bees. In fact, the bugs seem to have a preference for nectar from nicotine-producing plants. Man... Who studies? It's weird that we study like bees enough that we would actually like see this. Like, oh, we can see this bee's getting drunk, and we can see when he goes back to the hive, like the other bees have a problem with it. I used to watch a lot of those National Geographic shows when I was a kid, and like I was amazed by how they caught the most interesting, weirdest scenarios on those cameras. Like, you know, they watched those animals and insects for months, maybe years to catch that footage. Like, dedication it takes to learn this stuff is is just amazing to me uh you know the aztecs they in their society you also couldn't publicly be drunk i don't know if you could drink in public at all and they would also like potentially kill you for that wow yeah. but they would still drink they just yeah, did they it just did it in front. <laughs> and then finally number eight the vervet monkeys uh the caribbean islands like barbados are famed for their rum But it's not just humans who like the sweet brown liquor. Local vervet monkeys on multiple Caribbean islands have developed a taste for alcohol as a result of their alcohol industry. They love stealing fermented sugar cane and getting wasted by chewing it. Most of them them monkeys are social drinkers who like to get buzzed with their friends. However, researchers have found that around 5% of Caribbean vervet monkeys are uh, raging barely functional alcoholics who will drink themselves to death if given unrestricted access access to booze. If these alcoholic monkeys can't uh, find sugar cane, they will resort to other means of getting their fix, such as stealing cocktails from beach-going tourists. Yeah. Monkeys do steal a lot from tourists. Like they, they, I think I've seen videos where they like steal your phone, and then you have to give them a banana to get the phone back from them. Oh, wow. Yeah. It would be a good story to say, like, oh, I got my drink stolen from a, by a monkey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Man, I remember we but, did that um, story on the podcast, like, forever ago, where there was, like, cities where, like, monkeys were, like, taking over and they were, like, killing people's dogs and stuff. Yeah. 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 Man, I, 
I don't like monkeys, man. <laughs> They're yeah. jerks. Yeah, that They're would. I, I would be scared if I lived in a place like that. Yeah. You know, especially if you had little kids, you they could never be out by themselves. You know. And I mean, they're stronger than they look, right? Like oh, I know yeah. they like they can rip your your flesh off your your bones. Like they're they got a good grip. I think they're pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. No. Um. Well, AJ. Um. Any final thoughts before we wrap things up? Uh, man, I'm, I'm hoping we can find some good shows and movies to watch coming up soon. It'd be fun to to check something out. Yeah, I don't know what the next thing coming up I'm interested in is. I think. I think Dune opens in March, Dune Part 2, which I'll watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not going to do Madam Web. <laughs> I am, I'm interested to see how it performs, though. I am. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I know, like, there's going to be those, just like Star Wars has, there's going to be those toxic Marvel fans who are going to preemptively shit on the movie, but they're going to be right, you know? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, is they're probably going to be right. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing is like I I don't like those people, but like at the same time, like it, it reminds me of like when the female Ghostbusters movie was coming out and those groups were being like so obnoxious, and I was like, man, I hope yeah. this movie is good, but like I yeah. can't lie, I can't lie, that movie sucks. Yeah. So it's like it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, don't but, prove them. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, we thank everybody for following along. If you will, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can also subscribe in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice. Uh, leave us thumbs up, positive reviews, all that good stuff. Um, if you like, you can follow me over on Twitter slash X at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. But that'll do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.